On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are talking Don Cherry. Was his firing on Monday a move that was a long time coming and overdue, as some people say, or was this Rogers bowing down to the braying hordes who had decided that they wanted to get rid of him and this was their opportunity? Well, we will talk about that. And later on, Don Robertson joins. We've got lots of stuff to talk about, including Don Cherry and the Leafs and freezing your butt off at games. We'll talk about it. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Welcome to the Scott Radley Show for this Monday evening, this Remembrance Day evening. Glad you could be here. And, you know, I was thinking today how appropriate in a weird way it is with the weather outside today. Of course, that's what everyone's talking about. It is Canada, after all. Something happens with the weather. We talk about it. Hey, how's the weather? Well, it's weathery. Anyway, appropriate for one particular reason that came to mind, if you've ever seen the miniseries Band of Brothers about World War II, about a platoon, a division, a part of the army, the uh, the um, paratroopers, the U.S. paratroopers in World War II, you will remember the sixth episode. Now, you probably don't remember which one is which, but it was called Bastogne, which was a battle that took place during the Battle of the Bulge in Belgium in December 1944 through to January 1945. Middle of winter, freezing cold, terrible temperatures, and these guys were not dressed for it. And I watched the Remembrance Day service as part of them today from outside different places, cold, snowy, miserable. And all you could think about was these guys did this for day after day after day while they were being bombarded and fighting to hold the front. It was, it is a great reminder of why we have Remembrance Day. I mean, one small little reminder, but a great reminder of the hardships that these guys that we remember today went through. Uh, we are going to be talking not so much about Remembrance Day. We've, there's been a lot about Remembrance Day, appropriately so, here on the show today. Uh, we're going to come back after the break and talk about Don Cherry. Uh, the big story of the day today, based on his firing now from Rogers from Coach's Corner, four decades almost that he was doing this, and now he is gone. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, you heard the story by now. Obviously, today, the big story of the day, I mean, it's Remembrance Day. It's got to be a big story to get people talking about this more than Remembrance Day. But, yep, it, it indeed was. Don Cherry fired almost 40 years as the guy behind Coach's Corner and Rogers today. Well, they, they said that it was time for, he decided it was time to step away or something like that. He was fired. And it was because of comments that he made on Saturday night about the poppy and people not wearing it and people wearing it and who does and who doesn't and created a backlash of controversy. Uh, I want to bring in someone who uh, he's been in the broadcast business for a few years and, and I don't even know, maybe, maybe he's said one or two things that got people mad at him over the years. I can't remember. Uh, he used to host Global Sports Line. He was the guy there that got that started. Then, uh, then uh, CHCH for years. Now he does Hebsy on Sports, a podcast, and we're glad to have Mark Hebsher with us. Mark, how are you? Hey, Scott, it's been a long time. I hope you're doing well. It has, and it's been too long. And remind yeah. me, though, has Mark Hebsher ever said anything that got anybody riled up? Well, I hope so. <laughs> because I, I would hate to think, Scott, that every time I said something, people agreed with me on everything. I mean, that would be kind of boring, wouldn't it? One-sided, so... Well, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's part of the story here. I mean, there's a lot of different angles to the story. There's a lot of different layers to this story. But let's start there for a second, because a lot of people that I was reading today and talking today said, you know, Don Cherry has been pushing the, the envelope and pushing buttons for years and years, and it finally bit him. And I'm thinking, well, 
Coach's Corner has made millions and millions for CBC and then later for Rogers, not because he goes on and says nothing, but because he pushes buttons and gets people angry and gets people talking. So starting there, I don't think it's any surprise that he might have said something that got people upset. Right. And uh, not unlike when you wrote a column and are writing a column for the spec and, um, you know, it's a column. So you're allowed to put your thoughts down. Uh, and what if nobody, not one person commented on it? Not, not one person said, um, you know, about what Scott said, like it was all agreeable or there were no comments. You'd feel, oh, my God, I don't think I I didn't. Uh, that wasn't my intention. My intention was to get people thinking and to be somewhat provocative and, and garner some response from the readers. But I didn't get any. So now your boss says to you, Scott, that's not much of a columnist if you can't get people, you know, taking one side or the other. You have to be somewhat uh, divisive. Or is the word divisive? I'm not sure, Scott. You tell me. Well, we're going to have people fighting over that one. So that that word (laughs) itself will serve the purpose. But so he has done, whether you agreed with Don Cherry or disagreed with Don Cherry on his points of view, he has done exactly what he was hired to be in that chair to do. I don't think so. I think originally he was hired by Hockey Night in Canada to be a, a hockey commentator. In other words, okay, Don, we're not going to tell you what to say and what not to say within within the arena of hockey, so to speak, to use a particular word. So you can talk about your area of expertise. You were a hockey coach. You played hockey, so you can talk about hockey. But over the years, what happened was, Scott, they allowed Don Cherry to espouse on anything political, outside the, the world of hockey. And when once they didn't stop him from making those comments, they created a monster, which now 35 or 40 years in the making uh, finally imploded into what happened on Saturday night. He was allowed to speak about things other than hockey. He could outrage as many people as he wanted to about what he thought about chicken sweet. Well, chicken Swedes was a bad one. I'm not sure that was all him, but, but I mean the fact that if he didn't think they were tough, Okay, as hockey players, you're now taking shots at Swedish players. You know, they're, they're, maybe they're more finesse-oriented. That was a line that he crossed where they went, well, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But now when you start even inferring that certain races, uh, certain genders, uh, you know, are, are um, uh, less than Canadians, uh, you, you've just, you, you know, you were walking that tightrope, you just fell off of it. But I go back for one second, and your point is well taken, but I go back for a second. They have known this has been going on. They have known that he occasionally ventures out of hockey, but they've also reaped the rewards of this oh, because yeah. he has been very, very, very lucrative. Again, first for the CBC and second for Roger. So they have allowed it because, you know, it, it doesn't hurt our bottom line when he says something that gets people talking, even if they're mad at him. Hey, Scott, did we not, uh, how many years ago, it's probably been 15 years now, where they had uh, CBC at Canada's like most famous Canadian, and Don Cherry was number seven on the list, Wayne Gretzky was number 10. Yep, yeah. Well, I mean, Don Cherry, but the brand of Don Cherry, that brand, and you can go back to Rock'em Sock'em Hockey, those 20-odd years of showing fight videos, that's from a different era now. And I find that it's much, the older you get, it's the much more difficult it is to, and I don't want to say conform, but to change your way of thinking um, to suit today's modern times. And Don, Don was never told at some point, like let's say when he was 75 years old, you know, Don, you're 75 now. You know, you're speaking to some people that are from a different generation, younger than your children's, your grandchildren's generation. So you need to be a little more, t- nope, nope, he's going to be the way he was. They allowed him to be that way. And I guarantee you, Scott, they called him today and said, Don, 
You've got to apologize. In fact, they might have even called him after the Saturday night broadcast or Sunday by saying, Don, you and Ron McClain are going down to Welland. You're going to do Rogers hometown hockey and you're going to apologize right there on air. And he said, nope. And then they said to him, Don, if you don't apologize, then we're going to let you go, which is what I said on my podcast. They said he has to apologize. He has to at least, and he can't say, if I offended someone, I'm sorry. It had to be a genuine, look, I chose my words incorrectly. I'm not that type of person that you think I am. My job is to be controversial. Maybe I went a little bit too far. I did. And for that, I'm sorry. And if he would have said that, Sportsnet would have said, okay, don't, don't apologize. Won't happen again. Let's go. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I've heard a lot of people today talking about the freedom of speech side of things. I don't buy the freedom of speech argument because Rogers is a private company. They are the bosses. Don Cherry is the employee. They have standards. They say you can't do, you can't say whatever you want. You broke our code, whatever it is. To me, it's no different than Colin Kaepernick was an employee of the NFL. And so they have the right to say, you're not permitted to do whatever you want in our business. It, it goes both ways on the political spectrum. But would you think this would have played out any differently if Don Cherry was still an employee of the CBC, of the public broadcaster. Interesting you mentioned that, Scott. I've spoken to a few people in the legal profession, and they say that because the CBC was not a private company, it would be a little more difficult to, like they would have to prove that it was hate speech or something serious like that in order for him to be fired. Um Because the CBC is essentially owned by Canadians, therefore it's a public place. Right, right. However, having said that, if they they indeed, and I believe they did, gave him the option to apologize in order to keep his job, and he refused, then, of course, they could trigger, you know, the the clause or or whatever and say, well, if you refuse to apologize, then we, you know, we can fire you. Uh, Again, I'm not sure of that. But I do think that, and I'll tell you this, Years ago, probably 15 to 20 years ago, Don and I had a discussion, and it went something like this. Like, have you ever done something, Don, where you went, oh, geez, I'm going to get fired for what I just said? And he said, yeah, it happened. But they never fired me, and they never even, like, suspended me. And so I got to thinking, hmm, what could I say next time that's huh. controversial? That, and really, so I think that if, if it, like, like a parent with a child, you give the child enough rope, Eventually, they, ha- they hang themselves or whatever, but in this case, they didn't. The CBC never did, according to Don, um, threaten to reprimand him or suspend him or fire anything like that. So here, a guy goes to work every Saturday night thinking, I can say pretty much whatever I want and have been able to for the past 35, 38 years, whatever it is. But doesn't, so, this, doesn't this speak volumes, though, Mark, with what we started with, the idea that if you are going to bring in, at one point... I can't remember if it was Hockey Night in Canada or Coach's Corner, but one of the two was bringing in more revenue than like all the other CBC shows combined. If you're going to do oh, yeah. that, you can do whatever you want. We're, we're going to have a big leash for you, long leash for you then. Exactly right. And remember, too, I mean, it's not like Don Cherry would go home every night and just sit in front of the television. He was out and about. He was at every arena. He was scouting. He used to be the owner, coach, and manager of the mm-hmm. Mississauga uh, OHL team. So he's out there and he sees the love that people give him. And believe me, Scott, you've been in press boxes before where, hey, Don Cherry's there and the, the media will come out of the press box and like, hey, they'll come over to 
like to touch him to like, you know, see his brand new suit or whatever it is. He loved that. He super enjoyed it. He wasn't the type of guy to like, I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. He liked being Don Cherry, the icon. And, um, and again, he started off as a, I don't want to say a humble hockey commentator, but he was hired to be a commentator on hockey only and ended up being the voice of Canada, the, the quintessential Canadian. Wow. That's, that's quite a stretch, man. I mean, I don't think anybody could control an ego if that's the way you were viewed. What do you, do you think, and this is completely hypothetical, and some people are going to remember this, some won't, you will. I mean, he really became Don Cherry, as we all know him, in the follow-up. He did a TV interview, I believe Barbara Frum was interviewing him and Michael Farber at the time, who was with <laughs> the Montreal Gazette, about the punch-up in... But what was the uh, Piastani, where the yeah. Russians and the Canadians in the World Junior Tournament were throwing down, and Don Cherry completely just became Don Cherry at that moment. And I've I've often wondered if that had never happened, would Don Cherry have become what he did? That's a good point. You asked Brian Williams about that. That Brian, he physically threatened Brian Williams. Physically threatened him. He was, uh, the, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, CBC at the time was carrying the World Junior Championships in 1987 from Piastani, Czechoslovakia. And Canada and Russians got into a huge brawl, and they turned the lights out in the arena, completely dark, and nobody could see what was going on. And Cherry was just beside himself. And, and I remember Brian Williams trying to, you know, cool things down. And Cherry, like, basically went after him. Don't you dare. Like, it was pretty serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I believe, yeah, he had been on the job for... I think he'd only been doing Coach's Corner for, I'm going to say, maybe three years. Maybe since maybe. 85, 84, 85, something like that. So he, uh, he was just sort of becoming Don Cherry, the, the outrageous one. And at the time, he had his television show on, uh, Don Cherry's uh, Grapevine. From Hamilton. Yeah. So people knew him as a, you know, an interviewer, rock'em, sock'em, hockey, but not, not, yet, not quite yet the bombastic Don Cherry. And that probably was uh, a... Uh, uh, to, to coin a, I don't know, the, the TSN turning point in his career. I don't know. Mark Hebsher, always love having you on. It's been way too long. We'll have to do this again. Go listen to Mark's podcast. You can get it online at all the usual spots. Hebsey on sports. Go do it. Mark, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Pleasure. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. You've been hearing about Don Cherry being fired since whatever time, two, three o'clock this afternoon. You've had some time to contemplate it now and to give it some thought. And as I said just before the break, I mean, when I say that Canada is divided, as Mark Hebsher pointed out, I think when the CBC did their Canada's greatest person poll, was I think Don Cherry was seventh overall, sixth, seventh, eighth, something in there. I mean, th- there's not a person around who doesn't know Don Cherry or know of him, have a feeling about him, have a thought, have an opinion on him, just like he has a lot of opinions. So I want to hear from you on whether this is an unfair firing of someone who was merely doing what he's done all along and what has made the CBC and then Rogers a lot of money by being outrageous and saying things that push the envelope. Or is this a justified move because he went way over the line this time and you can't say stuff like this and you deserve to be fired if you say things like this? 905-645-3221. Or if you're in your car, and if you're in your car, please be safe out there. It is ugly. Star 9900, or on your cell phone anywhere, but especially in your car. Star 9900 or 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Just before we get to the phones, I do want to say this. 
because I also have thought about this a lot today as I've been hearing about this. And the first thing that bothers me about this, whether you agree or disagree with the firing of Don Cherry, what bothers me about this is that we just came through an election a month ago. And in the wake of that election, something like 42%, Abacus did a poll and 42% of Canadians said that they didn't mind that Justin Trudeau wore blackface. It was not a big deal. And clearly people didn't mind that he'd been accused of groping a woman years before and they didn't mind ethical violations. And many, not well, I don't know about many, some I've seen today on social media of the same people who supported or whose organizations supported Justin Trudeau as prime minister are now outraged about Don Cherry. And I'm thinking, wait a second, are we really putting a higher level of expectation on a hockey commentator than on the prime minister of this country? But it goes way beyond that. Here's the big problem that I refer to. Strikes me that outra- it, it, it raises to me the question of, are we outraged about everything or really not outraged at all, but just using outrage as a weapon to further our political standards? If someone agrees with us politically, we can excuse their comments, their actions, their misdeeds, because, you know, come on, they're probably a pretty good person. They didn't really mean anything. But if it's someone on the other side, off with their head and vice versa. The people who excused Trudeau's behavior, some of them are now screaming for Don Cherry to have been fired. And the people who are who were screaming that Trudeau should never be reelected and shouldn't even be allowed to run are saying Don Cherry should never have lost his job. It seems to me that what we've done is we've simply weaponized the idea of offense to fit whatever political view we want to have. And that's a da- that I mean, you can, you can imagine how dangerous that becomes now. You don't know where you're going to stand. You don't know who you might offend at any moment. Now, this is, this is one that, you know, Don Cherry knew he was saying some things that were probably going to f- fire up some, push some buttons and fire up some flares here. But boy, if, if offense is simply determined by your political stance... We're in a tough, tough place here. Let me go to Nancy first. She's been waiting patiently. Nancy, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Where do you stand on this? Uh, I think, you know what, maybe he should have been fired. Maybe he should have. But I think if he's he's stating the fact, you know, if we're here, we should honor our, our veterans. Right? You, no matter what color you are. They, they fought for us. They did a lot for us. And I think that we, all in Canada, if we feel the same way, we, we should honor our veterans. And we should all wear a poppy. Now, that part, I don't think too many people are going to take issue with you with. I think it was the part that was pointing to immigrants and, and the you and them and these people and those people. Could, it, could Should he have said it in a clearer, better way? I think than, he should have said it in a better way. We know Don Cherry is the way he is. He's very vocal. He's always been. Um, I think it was just coincidence now that he's been fired, retired, whatever. I think he's always been the way he is, Don Cherry. I just think I'm, I'm an immigrant myself. So I can relate. I just think that if we're going to respect our veterans, no matter what color, what race, they should all be they should be, all be respected. And yes, I think we all should wear a poppy. Nancy, I thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Uh, let me go here to. Oh, I get the button in a second. John, John, how are you this evening? Very good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Where do you stand on this one? Where I stand right there. I'm the son of an immigrant. I've been in this country for 55 years, and I never wore a poppy. Why? Uh, and the reason is because 
uh, I don't know the history of Canada is because I would never went to school in this country. What Don did, he did not insult the veterans. He only said that the immigrants, they don't wear. And I agree with him. There is 99% of the immigrants, they do not wear it. And so Don has been Don the way he is for the last 40 years. To throw the ratchet at him now, I think it's completely wrong. So is the or child... maybe because, excuse me for a second, maybe because he's over 70 years old and they're looking for a new blood. And for them, it was a good excuse to say, Don, you got to go. So very quickly, we've got to go to a break. We're going to come back with more calls. So the people who are waiting, don't hang up. But John, just before I let you go, as the child of immigrants, if he was insulting immigrants, were you insulted? No, I wasn't. Because it's my option. It's my uh, view to say I'm going to buy a poppy, like to put a, a dollar in uh, Tim Horton and get one and put it uh, myself. If that's the case, then what doesn't the Canadian government mail one of them to every immigrant or every Canadian in this country? John, I thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let's go to Chris on the line today. Chris, how are you? Not bad. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for waiting. Where do you stand on this? Uh, my stand on this is, uh, you know, a couple points. But number one, I don't agree necessarily with the firing. But, I mean, to be clear, I think, you know, they did have a meeting with Don, and they certainly asked Don uh, you know, to go over the topic and what he had said. And, and I think they might have given him the opportunity to apologize. But, I mean, let's face it, uh, we all know Don, and Don's very outspoken. And I don't think he was going to apologize because, in his view, uh, he wasn't wrong in what he said. And I think many Canadians agree with that sentiment. I've been looking at social media, and I've been seeing news articles, and the, the media seems to be coming out with all of the you know, blast Don, blast Don, here's the issue, uh, big, big, bad Don Cherry. But when I read through all the comments from all of the, the people who are actually reading the article, I struggled to find a comment that was actually saying, yes, I'm very happy that, the, you know, that Don's in trouble. It was all actually the other way around. All the people commenting were commenting that they were very much in support of Don for the overall message that he was trying to convey, which is simply that, you know, we should be, uh, you know, supporting our veterans. We should be uh, out there as staunch Canadians. I mean, I don't know a person more patriotic who loves the country more than Don. I don't think anyone can question that. Maybe he used some words that uh, could have been rephrased, but, I mean, that is and has been Don Cherry and Coach's Corner for the better part of four decades. Chris, I thank you for the call. I appreciate you calling in. Let me go to Barry, who's been waiting patiently. Barry, how are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm excellent. Where do you think? Of, what do you think about this? Well, I think that there's no way that they should have fired Don Cherry for saying something that is probably the truth. Here, That's my opinion. Okay. But, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, a lot of new Canadians don't know anything about the country, but they sure love the country, and that's why they're here. So there's no reason in the world why they shouldn't be able to buy a poppy or at least wear one. You know, they don't have to pay two dollars for it; they can pay whatever they want. But there's no reason in the world why they shouldn't understand what it's all about. Barry, I thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Let me go to Frank. Frank, how are you tonight? I'm quite well, uh, Scott. I'm sorry this has happened, though. 
because uh, Don Cherry was um, quite an anchor for the Canadian culture of hockey, for one, and the proudness that we have about having a an individual like him to sort of go coast to coast. If you but he was the type of guy either you loved him or you hated him. But you know what I want to say this, Scott. The person who's going to get is going to be hurt the most by this is you got to know it's him. Just just look at it now. Where does he go from here? He's 85 years old. He's gained such acclaim. He just put out a new book. We're not even going to go there. But throughout Canada now, he is now not going to want not going to be. I don't think invited anywhere. He's he's not going to be seen as he's so controversial. Who's going to want to have this guy out front going in, as in the flamboyant dress that he does in a in a in a an element of glory? Ah, uh, Frank, see, now, don't you think? No, I, I disagree, Frank, and I'll tell you why. Uh, uh-huh. You and Barry, who called before, and John, who was before, and I've forgotten who else I had on before. Every single one of you has said that you disagree with him being fired. I think Don Cherry no, no, can go. No, no, wait a minute. I don't disagree with him being fired. You're disappointed no, 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 in him being fired. I'm disappointed in okay. what he did. Oh, oh, okay. I'm not disappointed in the fact that he'd been fired. I misunderstood. I he was, listen, Scott, he was, a couple of years ago or more, he's been advocating about the, the coffee. This is not the first, every, every resident remembrance day in the last three at least. Oh, way more before that. Way long well, before yeah, that. right. Okay, so you know that. But I don't think so, he's going to have a problem. I think based on most of the calls, almost all the calls we've been getting today, he can go almost anywhere in this country and he will find a friendly audience. I don't think that a few, uh, I don't think that the head of Rogers and I don't think that people who are on social media who are probably never his audience anyway yeah. are going well, to get in the way. But, uh, Frank, back, listen, uh, just, I, I appreciate... Just quickly, just quickly. Yeah, very quick. Uh, just quickly. The, 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 anywhere there, there's a sponsor that has to provide him, they're going to think twice, though, Scott. Uh, maybe. Maybe, but uh, as I let you go, Frank, we've got to go... free as you are, perhaps. Yeah, uh, uh, well, as like, I'll let Frank go, but as cause we go to break, but here's the thing. Sponsors will always go where the money is. And if it turns out that they believe that Don Cherry can still make the money, Tiger Woods was toxic for a while. Tiger Woods has a million sponsors back now. You go Kobe Bryant for a while when he was accused of rape was toxic. He got sponsors again. If people believe that you will bring in money or you can help the business, the sponsors will be there. And I think after a few days, when they look at this and see the responses, people will say, "Eh, Don Cherry still has a big audience out there. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Do you agree with the firing of Don Cherry today? It is certainly a uh, an issue that has everybody moving into one camp or the other, and you saw this on social media. I mean, social media has been, I, I can't say it's divided down the middle. I don't know where the middle is. I, I haven't counted all the postings, but I can tell you there are lots of people who are saying, good riddance, it's good he's gone, it's about time. He said too many egregious things over the years, and other people saying, it's just political correctness run amok. How can we possibly ask a guy to come out there and week after week say outrageous things because that's what he's paid for to go on there and say stuff and then when he says something outrageous that we fire him. Those are the two camps that are out there it seems and I've synthesized heavily. There are different opinions of course. 905-645-3221 star 9900. Let me go to Fred. Fred how are you tonight? Not bad Scott. Where are you on this one? I'm quite surprised at what happened with him uh, being let go because 
we have a lot of people that come to Canada we, that know we have traditions in this country. And they bring a lot of luggage with them without becoming our traditions in our country, Canada. And a lot of it, too, has been changed through uh, the Liberal government over the years when I was quite... Hello? Yep, still listening. I was quite surprised when they, with the OPP, with the turban, because the British, you know, over in India, where they had the British law, whatever, they said, no, that's not part of our country, too, which it wasn't. We had tradition here, which the liberals changed. But Canada has, Fred, Canada has always been a country that has allowed people to, we have not been a melting pot. We've been a a tapestry in this country. We pride ourselves, many people do, most people do, on not being the same as the states that way. Oh, I understand that, Scott. But I'm just saying a lot of our traditions that we here have, a lot of people don't take up. They just live on like that one guy said he doesn't believe in wearing a poppy because he just says he's under Canada. He's been here a long time, but he should know how Canada is for all those years he's been here. Fred, I thank you for the call. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I want to follow that up because it's good because the, the caller, I can't remember his name, who said that he'd been here for this many years and didn't know Canada's traditions in 55 years and so he's never bought a poppy. Yeah. That's not exactly, I mean, that's partially, that's kind of what Don Cherry was getting at, I think, and I don't want to wander into the exact same wording. That's kind of where Don Cherry was going in words that I think even most people would say would have been better phrased in a different way. The point may have been there to some degree to say, look, buy a poppy. Everybody, buy a poppy. The... Trouble arises when you start using us versus them and you people and immigrants and everything else. The the overarching thought about buy a poppy. If you live in this country, if you if you are a Canadian, if you are if you, if you enjoy the freedoms that this country offers, yes, buy a poppy. And I that's that's an argument. Look, if there's anybody out there that is taking issue with that argument, you'll have most of Canada against you. That's not the argument here. It's about the the wording that was said. I go back to where I started this, though. And again, we've got a couple minutes if you want to get in. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. The trouble that I have with this today, it's not so much that they fired Don Cherry. That's Again, it's Rogers. It's a private company. They can set their standards and they can do what they want to do. The same way that Chorus or Global that runs CHML could decide that they want to get rid of me or any any other company that work that is a private company sets standards for its employees and can enforce those standards. The free speech, the, the free expression thing is not really applicable here because it's not public. If this was someone standing on a street corner, yes, you have free expression. That's different. The difficulty that I have with part of this today is the fact that we had, again, going back to the election, a prime minister who did some things that were egregious, that many, 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 many people in this country simply said, I don't care, no big deal. Blackface, brownface, groping, eh, doesn't matter. And then are bent out of shape because Don Cherry said this, you are either offended by bad behavior and believe it deserves consequences, or you're not. And when we decide to only be offended by those on the political spectrum that is different from ours, on the side of the political spectrum, 
and we weaponize offense, then offense doesn't become offense anymore. It simply becomes a method to get people who don't agree with us. And I don't know if that's what people are doing with Don Cherry. I'm not putting words into people's mouths about this. What I'm saying is you better be consistent. So if you were someone, if you were one of those people who poo-pooed the whole Trudeau thing and said, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, well, then you really shouldn't be upset with what Don Cherry said. And if you were someone who was very upset with Justin Trudeau, then you probably should be very upset with what Don Cherry said. The problem is, it seems that we've crossed paths here and the people who are supporting Cherry were against Trudeau and the people who are supporting Trudeau are against Cherry. There's no consistency. We are turning moments of offense into things that we can use politically rather than to improve life. That just makes things complicated and difficult and impossible. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, Before I go to Don and ask him his thoughts on Don Cherry, because I know he has some, we'll take only a couple minutes on it because we've spent a long time on this already. Uh, A couple things on Twitter that I thought I would share, lighten the mood just a little bit. Jeremy Hotz, who's a Canadian comedian, we've had him on the show before, very funny guy, hilarious guy, says, just heard that Hockey Night in Canada is replacing Don Cherry with Jan Arden. <laughs> Which, that would be something. Uh, and uh, the Beaverton which is a uh, satirical website has just reported a breaking news story that Fabricland has filed for bankruptcy after its number one customer was fired today. So yes, uh, people are having some fun with the with the concept. Um, I will go to you, Don, on this one. I know you probably were thinking about it all the way in. What do you, what do you think about this? Well, in 2000, well, <clears throat> I heard you and Hebsey, you know, seventh most popular Canadian. When you buy Don Cherry, you know what you're getting. I mean, I've talked to lots of scribes that have been in the press box at the Maple Leaf Gardens and now the uh, Scotiabank Centre. And to a man, they would tell you at the end of the first period, whatever hubbub was going on in the press box, everybody was quiet and the TVs went up when Don Cherry was going to speak. So CBC knew what they had. Rogers knew what they had. Um, No surprise. They give him the pulpit. Uh, Met Don Cherry, had a few pops with him at his uh, sports bar with Rick Scully, who ran it, and Pat LaForge and some other brewery guys. Uh, We were going to the game. And uh, very humble guy. Uh, I've often compared uh, Don Cherry to Dick Bettles, the late Dick Mm -hmm. Bettles. When you sit down and have a conversation with them, that's when you quickly learn that what they do is a shtick. See, I've never, I've met Don Cherry, I've met Don Cherry a number of times, never met Dick Beddoes. Yep. I, I did not know, was Dick Beddoes the same? Was he exactly completely different the off same. the air? The hat, the, the, the well, they dress similarly. The, there is, it, it is a similar shtick. It's not something you and I would wear out to a social the way they dress. And Beddoes would sit there, he didn't drink, he'd come out to Ducks at the Collins when I had it. And he'd listen to everybody's point of view and have very rational, agree with you, didn't just disagree for the fun of it. Um, Cherry was the same way. Um, I tried to get him uh, to come to a hockey game for me. Um, Got to know him socially. To call him a friend would be a stretch. He was in Dundas uh, in the Hockeyville game. And uh, we took Chris Clote down, who was injured um, in Afghanistan and was in a wheelchair, dropped the puck. Don Cherry spent the entire first period talking to him about trucks and just 
as good a down-to-earth guy, I think Don Sherry's always well-intended. I think his comments were he's pissed because he thinks we should all be wearing a poppy. And I don't think I'd stray too far from that. I mean, I buy my share of them because they fall off my coat. Yeah, me too. And, And here's the thing, and I said it just before the break. I don't think that there's anybody in Canada or not too many who are going to take issue with the idea that we should all buy a poppy and we should all support the veterans and we all should all support them and be behind them. Everybody who works in this business, whether it's me who's on a way lower level than Cherry ever had or you to your degree or me writing a column, whatever, there are times that when you're done, you think, man, I wish I would have worded that differently. Guaranteed. I mean, it's happened to me. More than a few times. And while Don Cherry certainly doesn't come across like a guy who's going to back down or apologize, I think that it's fair to say that he may have been able to word this differently. The point was there. The wording, though, became incredibly clumsy and gave fodder for anybody who wanted for him to be gone. And I I bet you that if you were to give him the opportunity for a redo, he may take that. He might. I think he still enjoyed it. Uh, But Don Cherry has a different dictionary and a different vocabulary than Canadians. Like you guys out there, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. His cadence, it's part of what he does. Um, And he is like, well, I don't want to compare him to Trump, but Trump says, everybody is saying, which means the people he tells them to say what he wants, everybody's saying. And... Don Cherry's used the term you guys out there so many times and you people when you're talking about uh, French guys wearing visors and Swedes and you guys out there, you people. And um, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of confusion in who he meant about when he threw, if he just said that and, and not heaped on that you come here and enjoy the milk and honey, I think he'd have been all right. But then he started getting particular, and I that's think what I that's, mean. I think you may have wished for a redo on certain parts of that. Yeah, but thing. the but his term "you people" and "you guys" he's used it for years. You got to remember in two thousand and four, when he talked about guys getting in fights, and he says the guys in, in visors getting fights. You know, they're usually Swedes or French guys. They put them on a sec, seven second time delay, so if Rogers didn't like what they said, they had a producer that had a seven-second time delay to do something about that. This is part of the issue, Don. Before the break, we talked about, I was talking about one of the problems I have with what happened today, which is a, which is people picking and choosing what things offend oh, yeah. them. You can't suck and blow. You got to take a stand. You got to be in You're either offended by bad behavior. So you're offended by Don Cherry, but you were also horribly offended by Justin Trudeau and you would never have voted for him. But I don't see that the two sides are melding on this one. But the other side is CBC first and then Rogers, as you just said, they know what they were getting. They have been greatly enriched by Don Cherry cool. and his bloviating at times and his strong opinions and his outrageousness. They have made millions and millions and millions of dollars and have not complained about it and have kept him on the air. And if they were truly, and this, this, you know, I'm not excusing Don Cherry for part of the part of his statement that went out of whack and went offline, but the boss who kept him there over and over, despite knowing that there may come a day when this would be said... They knew what they were getting. Uh, a 
couple things. Um, I'll tell you how generous Don Cherry was. When I was running a hockey team, minor pro team in Brantford called the Brantford Smoke, I wanted Grapes to come out and make an appearance and see if we could put some people in the rink. And I was talking to him, and he said, uh, you know what? I said, I don't even know what you cost. He said, here's here's what I want you to do. He said, can you get a hold of Stanley and have him come to a game? And by when he tells me Stanley, he means Stan Jonathan. Mm-hmm. who leave, Former le- Boston Bruin. Former Boston Bruin. Grapes talks about him all the time. You know, one of the toughest guys ever playing. He said, if you can get Stanley to come to the game, I want to give him something. In my office, he said, it's center ice. You do that, and I'm, I'm yours. I'll get there myself, and there's no charge. The tough part of that gig was getting Stan to come because he didn't know what Grapes wanted to do. And we had the biggest crowd we'd ever had, and he presented him with a hockey cart. And he was so gracious with the fans and so gracious and humble with Stan. That's, you know, that's... That's the other side of Don Sherry, and Don Sherry loves Canada as much or more than anybody else on the planet, and maybe at 85 you get carried away and you don't maybe deliver, as you say, maybe he'd like a redo, doesn't deliver exactly the way he wants to. But I can tell you this. I bumped into him again in the late 80s, and I said, boy, you walk pretty close to the water sometimes. He says, you know, Donnie boy, he says, I never know when it's my last show. And he's been, that was in the mid 80s, late 80s. So if he knew that then, he knew it last Saturday night. He knew it the Saturday night before. And the way you get ratings and have people want to watch you, like like all the reporters in the, in the press box, you walk real close to the water all the time. And so when Sportsnet last, uh, when was it, in July, before then, they got rid of a whole bunch of people money was tight and they started having to get rid of some people from their hockey broadcasts. Interesting that they didn't get rid of Don Cherry, a guy who was 85 years old. They got rid of a bunch of young guys, well-regarded people in the industry, but they didn't get rid of Don Cherry. Why? Cash cow. Thank you. Just what you brought up. Thank you. You will keep the guy around. You will run the risk. Hold your nose. Well, maybe not even hold your nose. I'm not. If there had not been the public outcry, from some corners about this. Do you think that the folks behind Rogers would have by themselves stood up and said, that's enough because you want to know what would have happened? After some of this outcry, next Saturday's Coach's Corner would have been watched by more people than probably any other in the last few years. Well, yeah. um, uh, he, he, does, he does get pretty close at times. He seemed to be mellowing the last two or three years. And, you know, it wasn't, his show wasn't just about hockey all the time and he wasn't scared to take shots at Rogers when they added a couple more commercials and shortened up his time he's going he's always complaining what do you mean we're out of time yeah he was like David Letterman used to be with General Electric and NBC he always used yeah. to take shots at them for anyway but but he would rip he would rip the guys that run the show and uh you know they had choices he had choices he's a high ticket guy and he's um, not going to be hurting i mean as i said to one of the callers before he can go anywhere in this country pretty much right now and find a friendly audience that would be eager to come. This is not something that destroys his reputation with the people who were fans of his already. This does nothing. Isn't it funny? Probably since he's been 65 years old, he's never made, most most people are looking at retirement. He's never made more money in the last 20 right? years than he ever thought he would make. I no idea. I'm sure you can Google what his salary is. I'm sure it's in excess of a million dollars a year for a seven-minute segment every Saturday night plus playoffs. So basically what I get every night here on the show. 
Yeah, sort you got to do it five days a week. Yeah, well, it's the only so difference. It's, so it's five million a week. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right, we'll put aside Don Cherry for a few moments here and talk about some other things. Uh, but sticking with the world of hockey for a moment, Don, because in the midst of all this stuff that was going on today, the Leafs pull a move by putting their backup goalie on waivers, basically saying, you suck, get out of here. I mean, there's that may be a little blunt, but that's essentially the message that he's getting. And I'm looking at this thinking, if I'm him, I am suing Mike Babcock for my salary because the Maple Leafs essentially made sure that Michael Hutchinson was going to not succeed. Your team stinks in back-to-back games. I mean, they're just awful in back-to-back games for whatever reason. And you only play the guy in the second half of a back-to-back game, often against a really good team, which is the way the schedule has lined up this year, and you allow him to be the shooting duck back there, and then when he doesn't steal you games, you go, ah, get out of here, you're not winning us games. The uh, scoring chances in their back-to-back games, and, and, you know, they track everything now for analytic purposes, are... Slightly more than double the quality scoring chances they give up on back-to-back games. So, what do you mean? Good quality scoring chances, like whether they miss the net. So or Hutchinson faced twice the twice number of- what Freddie Anderson did, which which to me falls to the team. Sure it does, and it also gives the team a pass because they're going, all right, we got the backup in. Now the successful teams in the National Hockey League, they have two goalies. The unsuccessful teams have a number one goalie and a backup. If you understand what I mean, if you've got two quality guys, he can play 30 games or 28 games without a lot of risk, thinking you can win at least half of them if you've got a good club and rest your uh, load management. I hate that term, but, you know, make sure your number one guy's playing between 50 and 60 games so he can make a run in the playoffs. Uh, the Leafs always assume they're going to make a run in the playoffs. But you look at Boston. Boston got Halak and they've got uh, Rust. What's his name? Rask. Tuka Rask. Rask. Tuka Rask, yeah. Oh. And uh, so they get two good goalies. Toronto Maple Leafs don't. What do you expect? Okay, but here's the part I don't understand. McElhaney, they should have kept him. Okay, maybe they should have. He can actually play. They should have. But here's what I don't get about this and why I don't blame Hutchinson whatsoever. If I am a carpenter, and I'm not a carpenter, I'm a terrible carpenter, but if I'm a carpenter and every time I hold the nail with my left hand and hammer the nail into the wall with my right hand, it's fine, but then I switch it for some reason and hold the nail with my right hand and hammer with my left hand, and every single time I hit my thumb, you would say, maybe I should change what I'm doing. Maybe I shouldn't keep switching back and forth or do something else differently. You've got a coach here who this season has, I don't think he's won the second half of a back-to-back yet. So whatever his plan is, is a colossal unmitigated failure in that regard. Why would you not say, you know what, I know why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, but maybe rather than continuing to just pile failure on failure, let's give Hutchinson the front half of a back-to-back just to see what happens. And then if we are having double the good scoring chances, we want one of the league's best goalies in net to stop those. This to me is Michael or is Mike Babcock hanging Hutchinson out to dry and giving the guy no chance. Or is he hanging his GM out to dry? Both. Both. Could be both. But ultimately, he's hanging himself out to dry because right now the Leafs are without Marner now and with the way they're going, 
they're no lock to be in the playoffs this year. I was going to say, wait until 10 games to go in their life and death to make a playoff spot, if in fact that's the case. But I guarantee you, Remembrance Day is going to come up the day they had to let Hutchison go because he couldn't stop this table from going in the net. Like, they will look back and say, you knew what you were getting. You knew that you knew the caliber of goaltender. And, you know, he played very well when he played junior and Barry. He's, I mean, he's a pretty good goalie. But with, And you as a former goalie and in the union, um, know that without confidence, you're in trouble. Let's bring it down. I mean, the Dundas Real McCoys are not the NHL, but they're NHL guys playing this league. They're good players. Let's say you have a back-to-back, and on Friday night, you're playing against the worst team in the league. And on Saturday night, you're playing against the best team in the league. Which one are you playing your better goalie in if you have to split them up? We're playing them on both of them. If you have to split them up. If he, if he can only play one and he says, I got something to do this weekend, I can only be at one game, you choose. Which I'm going to play him against the team that we know we got a best chance to win. So you're going with the Babcock theory? No. Babcock I, is saying, I'm playing Freddie Anderson always against a team we're pretty sure we're going to get the two points and then we'll hope for the other one. Well, Philadelphia are a better team than Chicago. We didn't do it on the weekend. He plays. Now, this was the first time. This was previous weeks. It's been a weaker team first, followed by a much better team. Yeah, yeah. And but, he's. But the point is, he just Hutchison plays the second game, no matter who they're playing. If Mike Mole could only play one of them, and I had my choice, like if he said, "I got my family coming in from Ottawa. I got to do something. Pick a game. I'm picking the game. I think we can win. And then we'll take our chances on the second game. And see, I'm. Uh, the the theory is not completely flawed. I'm not I'm not arguing that it's a completely flawed theory. Take the point the points that we are pretty sure we can get. But when you're doing that, has led to repeated failure in the second half to the point where your team looks like a joke in the second games. Every single time, every single time the Leafs play a back to back, they look like a pee wee team. At some point, do you not have to say? Let's try something different just to see if we can shake it up. I think they probably, uh, and they haven't asked me to run the leaf yet, but. They may soon. Yeah. They, uh, um, I think I'd, this was the weekend where you give that a try. Well. Or this is the weekend you play um, uh, Anderson both games. Now they get a busy week and they get a tough week coming up. Like they're no lock to get. They are no lock to make the playoffs. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, this is a team that four weeks ago, five weeks ago, people were talking about as a Stanley Cup favorite, and there is no guarantee the Maple Leafs are making the playoffs. You're going to get Zach Hyman back, but he's going to be rusty. Somebody's anointed him as the MVP. Yeah, I know. I know. He's, it's like, I mean, Zach Hyman, he's a, he's a nice player. He's a nice guy. Played here for the Hamilton Red Wings when his dad owned the team. He's a nice kid. He's a good piece. Yep. He's not Wayne Gretzky. You need a guy like Zach Hyman if you're going to have success in the playoffs because he's a very important clog. But Leaf fans have anointed him. We can't wait till we get him back. Well, we, holy cow. But now you're without Marner and a lot of the other guys in your team. I mean, Tyson Berry, the guy, the big acquisition they got for Nazem Kadri has looked really unimpressive, doing nothing like what he did in Colorado. I, You know, Don, I, here's the thing, and, and I don't, I don't want to go too far down this path. Um, but we're, we must be in Toronto, the, the folks in Toronto must be getting within reasonable distance of that decision about whether or not we continue this rest of this year with Mike Babcock. 
and I, I'm not I'm not the arguing to fire the coach thing, but considering how bad this team has looked, this talented team, considering how bad they've looked so often, that discussion has to have happened. Well, uh, I think you said it when we talked about it another time. You know, you got to let them get. Um, uh, Traveris back, and you got to let Hyman get back in the lineup, and you got to let let's see what Babcock can do with a full team. Nobody gets a full team during a regular season. Everybody has injuries, so now the Marner's gone for at least a month, right? And you're going to get Hyman back, so that group won't be reunited as till Christmas, maybe. Let's say Christmas. Yeah, but they're not, and then they won't be at full speed till two weeks after Christmas or so. They're not going to be the triple crown line. They're not going to be what Boston have. You know, and what I mean? there's they're a, going to be a good line. And there could there's a chance that by the time Marner comes back, somebody else is out with an injury. So you're always going to have somebody hurt. So uh, I'm trying to suggest to you that I don't know as you um, um, wait or use the excuse Babcock hasn't had a full team. Is my point because he's never going to have a full team. He's always going to have some good players not playing. So you know what it's 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 what you do with what you've got that you're judged on. I I have to believe that at some point it's going to be these kind of things though that that factor into a discussion which may say no nope, we like what we're doing we're going to keep going with Babcock or not but when you this thing for Hutchinson I I'm sorry but I, to me it's a an entirely unfair yeah he wasn't great but he wasn't nearly as bad as he's been made out to be with his record because they have basically fed him to the wolves game after game after game and then said, you didn't do the job. You didn't do it well enough. Well, there's not many backups in the league, Don, that would come in behind the Leaf team that shows up for the second half of back-to-back games and would have done the job. Bernie Perrant might not have done the job. Well, I'm not, I don't know enough about Hutchison. I know people at Nome say he's a wonderful guy, but I can tell you that... The real McCoys aren't going to pick him up on waivers. Hmm. We're going to stick with Mike Mole. It's, uh, I mean, as I say, it's unfortunate. If I'm Hutchinson, I'm seriously sending a little text to Mike Babcock saying, you just cost me yeah, $700,000 for the way you handled me. Thanks a lot. You're making eight mil. How about dumping me the extra because you hung me out to dry big time here. <laughs> I Before we go to the break, here's the other thing. How is it that a team that has a, a professional team of highly paid presumably highly motivated athletes who are highly trained and in presumably peak physical condition can not play two games in two days. We're not talking about three and three or four and four. How can a team of some of the greatest athletes in the world not put it together for two days in a row? Gord Pauls, local guy, Gord Pauls ran three Ironman triathlons in three days. Surely a team like this can do... Two can play two decent games in back-to-back days. Well, Chicago did. They were in Pittsburgh the night before. Yeah, the Raptors seem to be able to do it. Like the, like the this the excuse that they played back-to-back. So did Chicago. It's not the problem. Is it's not that they suddenly lose their skill. It's that they come out and they look awful. They look like they're exhausted. They look like they have nothing left in the tank. And it's like, maybe then, rather than getting rid of Hutchinson, you fire your entire training staff that has these guys all with pot bellies under their equipment and they're so out of shape. That's what you would expect yep. based on the results. Th- th- this team honestly looks like the least conditioned team in the world in the second half of back-to-back games. They look like they've got nothing. 
Well, we uh, not the same level. We opened the season with two road games, one in Brantford, which we lost in overtime, and the next day, these guys, all our guys work full-time. The next day, we went to Whitby and win 8-5. We won the back-to-back and hadn't had an exhibition game or, or played a game and probably should have won the first game. But you, we won the second one. To me, it's, an ex- it's become a complete excuse. To me, it's become an excuse. And maybe the one thing about getting rid of Hutchinson, we'll see, is that if you've pulled the safety net out from under the players, and okay, you can't blame it on him now. But yep. now it'll be the next guy because you blamed it on the goalie before. Yeah. You blamed it on, uh, what's his name, who was um, the goalie last year? Who Sparks. was Sparks. Sparks. Well, it was Sparks' fault. Well, he's gone now. Okay, now it's uh, Hutchinson. Run out of excuses No, here. now it's not Hutchinson's fault. I mean, at some point, I, I just don't get it. I mean. Well, the other pickle they're in is because of their salary cap crunch. Can't do much. They can't bring a guy in for $2 million. They don't have room in the salary cap. No, they do uh, while Marner's out. That's only for a month. Then you got to make a trade, and then Nylander's gone. Oh, you know they may be out of the playoff picture by then, and then it'll be not necessarily everyone talking about the Leafs for hockey. It'll be full on pitchforks and torches down at Scotiabank. Can you imagine? We got to go to break. Can you imagine if we get into February and the Leafs are not in a playoff position in a year when they were supposed to compete for the Stanley Cup? Can you imagine what will be going on down there? Well, the good news is Mike Babcock. We'd go another year without winning a playoff round, but it wouldn't be his fault in the playoffs. Sort of. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Whether being there or just watching it, do you like sports that is played in absolutely blisteringly cold conditions? Um, well, the Edmonton game is a difficult one to... Um, I, I didn't, uh, by the third period, I didn't know if it was summer or winter, so I, I wasn't that cold. But it was it was pr- it was was among the coldest ever outdoor sporting events. It and really I, was. And I'd moved inside to watch it. Yes. To watch it. But you'd been outside um, for a part of it. I was outside for a big part of it. Uh, Cal Nichols and I went right down, leaned on the boards, and had a glass of wine. I think we were in trouble for that. But uh, the outdoor game in, in uh, Michigan spent the whole thing outside. And, Snowing. Um, I... You know, Sue's bought me the tickets at Christmas for a Christmas present. And partway through the first, I said to the group, I said, I, I'm good. You know, if we're here for me, I'm good. We can leave. <laughs> and uh, that didn't work. So I went up and got some more refreshments. But it's, it's you can't, I, I don't think you can like, like sports enough to want to say that's a lot of fun. It was brutal. I, Both of them. I, I just could not think to myself that I wanted to be at Lambeau Field yesterday or be in Calgary yesterday. I mean, again, London was, London for the Mac game was pushing it, sitting in the bleachers. It looked really miserable. You were in a press box? There was a press box. They had some heat, but the door kept opening and closing. So it wasn't like it was tropical in there. One balmy. The year that McMaster played in the Vanier Cup in 2014, which was in Montreal at Molson Stadium where the Owls play. The press box has two doors, and they, for whatever reason, were open the whole game. Whatever, and it was blisteringly cold that day. And I had two problems that I hadn't realized before, because you don't usually work in that kind of cold when you're writing. One is my fingers were so cold I could almost not type because they were (laughs) stiff now. The other, every time I took a breath, I fogged up the screen of my laptop. So now (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how do I look down to type while not breathing in the same direction. It becomes very complicated. But I just, 
I, I just can't think of places that I would less want to be at this point. Like, I would love to go to a game at Lambeau to experience the frozen tundra, and I'm like you, a quarter? Yeah. I'm good. You, I think there's a difference between um, experiencing it and punishing yourself to say, I'm a tough guy, I got to stay. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not the tough guy. I'm the guy that- You didn't that take I, off your shirt and go bare-chested like some idiots do in no, those conditions? I, I didn't. So your uh, nipples crack off by the end of the game? Yeah. I, it's not, that's not me. I uh, I used I volunteered to go get the beer because it was warmer up there. Not a lot, but at least we were out of the wind and the snow. Remember the the Detroit Toronto game? It snowed the entire yes, game, it did. which it did. was really cool. But for the first period, and yeah. then partway through the second, I'm good. Like you know, you're, this, under, you're under three inches of snow on your. This whole is as body. tough as I want to be. I wear glasses, so you couldn't see anything. Oh, Holy yeah. crap! No, I, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say nipple on the air, but I did anyway. So yeah. um, well, you can't. It's going to cut glass. <laughs> I just, I, I, again, watching some of this stuff. And so Mac goes out to Calgary this weekend and it's going to be just like that, if not worse. And I was thinking, I didn't get down today to see if McMaster was practicing outside in this, but this, these conditions would be a perfect day for them to practice because this is probably what they're going to have when they get out there. I just, I don't, I used to, I used to think it was cool. I don't get the attraction anymore. Maybe I'm just getting older. I don't know, but I don't get, if I was offered tickets now, and I love old stadiums. Like, I love historic stadiums. I love to been to Wrigley a couple times and been to other places. Uh, I, I would love to go to old stadiums. I'd love to go to Lambeau. But I got to tell you, if it was a tickets for Lambeau now in December or January and Phoenix in February, I may be taking the Phoenix yeah. tickets. <laughs> That's a good choice. I'm well, Phoenix, I, I was trying to think of a warm place that has no history whatsoever. Right? I mean, it's just like a giant bleh. But I, I'm thinking I would almost go there now. Well, it would have been much fun if they'd have played the MLS Cup in uh, Toronto. Oh, could you imagine? On the weekend. Seattle's got to be a little warmer. Now, they did, though, the one year they played, it was like that. Yeah, they did. But imagine if they were playing and, the MLS Cup today. And they used to play it in December. Yeah, what if today was uh, yesterday? Today was Sunday and the conditions yeah. were, yep, no, it would be. Well, uh, then remember, they would have been on Sunday and Don Sherry would have got fired on a Sunday, not a Monday. Would have been a lot different. Would have been a lot different, I guess. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's uh, not, so if you're thinking about anyone buying me tickets for some absolutely frigid thing for uh, for sports, Okay. You're okay. I'm, I'm You're okay. good. <laughs> I'm okay. This see, I said to someone at the game on Sunday on Saturday, this is why we now own big TVs and comfortable chairs in our house. Yep. This is exactly why we do it, so that the the people who really want to torture themselves can go sit outside in the freeze. Just for a good break. Once upon a time, it was asked. I, I saw something. I don't remember. I read it or saw the interview. Uh, Mark Burnett, who's the guy behind Survivor the show Survivor, was asked why it's always in the tropics. Why do you never have like a f- Arctic Survivor? And his answer was twofold. One, who wants to watch a bunch of people padded up to their gills doing nothing because you're too cold to do anything? And it's true. I'm... Second reason he had to be there? Well, yeah, he pro- yeah as a producer, I want to be somewhere where it's nice. No, I... I no interest in that stuff. I, I'm I'm okay with all warm weather games now. That would have been a true survivor, though. You'd take him up to Red Red Lake for the take, competition. Take him up to Anuktuk for a while and say, you only get a Speedo and a Flint. Start your fire. Good luck. 
<laughs> it's it's true survivor. <laughs> there may only be one episode of the season. The rest of them all yeah, became just, popsicles just by the end of the first hour. <laughs> they all start conceding. Yeah, conceding. They they were too cold to concede. They're just you walk up there. There's just 16 people and now frozen in place in their speedos. You uh, the loincloths could be much smaller. Yes. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening. 911.